is Faith Revisited. Welcome to the podcast. On Faith Revisited, we'll talk about our own church as we're constantly trying to adapt to an ever-changing world as a downtown historic church. We'll talk about United Methodist Matters as our denomination faces an exciting and uncertain future. We'll explore church leadership in the 21st century. And we'll talk to different faith leaders about their perspectives of religion today, how we can be more authentic, stop alienating people, and how faith is more important than ever to connect us to God and each other. Hey, maybe we'll touch on a topic that speaks to exactly where you are in your faith. We won't know until we try, right? Let's do it. Welcome to this week's episode of Faith Revisited with Ben and Molly. We're very happy to have you back today, and we're going to talk about a really cool topic, something that we haven't really discussed yet. We mostly talk about logistics of church life, growth in church life, um, other things like that. But this one, we're going to talk about um, how to decipher God's voice, listening to God, um, how to focus on God's voice rather than all the clutter or all the noises or uh, things going on in your head that you hear all the time. So I'm really excited to put Ben's pastor to use today and not just, you know, the growth of the church focus and um, see what we get out of this episode. Well, first, uh, Molly, I'm excited to, to chat about this with you, but uh, share with everybody where we got this question from. We actually got this question from a member in our church, um, one of the college members. Her name is Paloma. So shout out to you. Um, she sent us an email and just asked, you know, how kind of that same question, how do we decipher the voice? Like, how do we focus on what God is saying versus what all these other voices in our head or signs or things that are coming around? How do you know which one's God and which one's not? So we got that suggestion from her a while back, a couple months ago, and you and I have kind of had it on our docket that we wanted to chat about this because it is a very interesting topic and I think really relevant for people. Yeah, and so I warned you off air that I don't have a direct answer, like how do you know the difference between the voice of God and other voices? Um, I mean, one could say that that a, a quick and easy answer is if if you're listening for the voice of God and you've already decided on what that voice is saying, then it's probably not God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like Anne Lamont says that, 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 you know, you've made God in your own image. If God hates the same people that you hate. Mm-hmm. But the, really, I think the answer to how do we listen for the voice of God in our life really is a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, before, you know, logging on here to talk with you, I just hung up on Zoom with my spiritual coach. Mm-hmm. And I meet with Dr. Brian Russell, um, uh, Asbury Seminary. I want to have Brian on at some point for an interview, too. He's a great guy. But Brian and I were talking about, you know, um, we, we got here in some kind of uh, convoluted way. But really, we spent a lot of time talking about what I call the inward journey. Okay. And that is... You know, at some point in your life of faith, we have to do more than just go to church, serve, give, you know, do all the external things. There has to be an internal thing 
a journey that that takes place. You know, Pete Scazzaro calls it emotionally healthy spirituality. I've done a sermon mm-hmm. series based on Pete's book because he says for most of us in Christian life, we miss the deep internal change that needs to take place that transforms people. Mm-hmm. And so the inward journey, like, like Dr. Russell said, what would you do if you had an associate pastor that you were mentoring and, and, and coaching them on doing the inward journey? And I said, I'd probably hand them all of the eight or 10 Thomas Merton books on my shelf and say, start reading mm-hmm. because Merton and others, you know, many, many others, you know, write about this journey that says you have to go inside of yourself. And, and what that requires is to deal with things. You know, yeah. there's, there, there are things, there's junk in your soul, you know, and mine too, that you don't, it's kind of like the junk in your garage mm-hmm. and you don't want to deal with it. So you put it in a box and you hide it in a corner. Yeah. And for a lot of us, we Ooh, and that feels cluttered too. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, just but, have all but, this clutter. But what's great is if you have an attic or a garage and you turn the lights out and you close the door out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Forget about it. You forget it's there until you run into it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you run into that stuff in, in, inside of your soul. You're like, oh, get, get out of that. That's painful. I don't want to deal with that. That's ugly. And so I use my two children right now as a good example of how to understand this journey. My son, Sam is four and my daughter, Olivia is nine. Mm -hmm. Sam is who he is through and through. I mean, four years old, what you say is what you mean. You're totally present in a moment. Like every, he dances in the Parker's gas station. If a good song comes on, Mm -hmm. like he doesn't care what people think, you know, uh, about that. He is fully himself. Yeah. But Olivia is nine and she's begun to, be self-conscious. Mm-hmm. She cares about what other people think about her, which we all can relate. Yeah. Um, she's trying on different personalities and personas to see what feels right and what mm-hmm. doesn't discovering herself. And what happens, I think, is that we're born fully ourselves. You know, a baby is fully themselves. Yeah. But somewhere along the way in our growth and development, we lose that. Now, some people in the Christian world might want to call that sin. That's the the condition of sin. And we lose touch with that true self. And so then we try on different selves, hoping one of them fits. And you get into adulthood and, um, you know, maybe you're still searching and and you're still dealing with it. and, And some people never find it again. But I think the journey of faith has a lot to do with rediscovering that true self that you lost. Mm -hmm. Because when you rediscover that self, you have a a fuller and more firm understanding of God. Mm -hmm. I like that. And I don't think it's necessarily, if you are trying to rediscover yourself, I wouldn't say that's always sin because you may not be doing something bad. You may not be doing something against your faith. You still, I think it's just the outside influences that are around you and you're, you know, that's all coming in to kind of transform who you are a little bit or who you think you should be. Um, I don't know if I feel like sin's too heavy to say, like, if I'm not my true self, I'm sinful. Well, let me, let me, let me nuance it a little bit. So sin is, uh, is a condition. It's not just something you do. So sin is sort of like when I have the flu, it causes a fever. Okay. And at some point the condition of sin, and we could call it different things, but it, it sets in in a way that, that, that the symptom is then I lose I've lost this sense of connection to my true self. And so to okay. the path of salvation is one toward healing and wholeness where we're working continually to overcome that condition. So it's not necessarily something you do. It's just the human condition. Okay. 
yeah. is, is, is what sort of sets in. And it's, and it's because you become more aware of the world around you and, 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 you know, all these things. And it's a result of that. But I, I think we have to take an inward journey ourselves to discover who we are and in the process more fully discover who God is. Cause that true self inside of you, that's, that's the image of God. Mm-hmm. You know, we said where each of us are made in God's image and that's the unique image of God in you. And so coming back around to how do we know the voice of God? We have to hone our ears. Part of that inward journey is, is knowing how to listen. Um, we also have to block out noise. We have to mm-hmm. be okay with quiet spaces and silence I mean, you, you know me fairly well. And one of the reasons, you know, we get along so well is, you know, we can sit and banter and talk and talk and talk, but, you know, at some point we have to pull away from all that human activity yeah, and, and, and be quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus in, in scripture, Jesus had this wonderful balance of he would do great ministry. Then he'd go, go off by himself and pray. Mm-hmm. Then he'd come back and do great ministry. Then he'd go off by himself and pray. And what you find over time is I'm able to, do these great things and be a part of these great things because I'm restoring my soul over here in the silence. Yeah. So I can show up as a better version of myself and I'm not so distracted and uh, chaotic and frazzled, mm-hmm. you know, that makes sense. I did right out of college. I did a study with a church I was volunteering at and it was something about listening. I forget the name of the book or who wrote it, but it was something about, listening for the whispers because Mm. God's not going to come in. Usually he may, who knows, and give this outwardly like yelling at you that this is the way to go, you know, follow me right here. The fact that like, we may not ever get a burning bush that tells us what to do. Mm. Um, or we may never hike to the mountain and grab the 10 commandments and have that visibly outward, God talking to us, you know, we have to sit and listen to the whispers because, and that's, I think where it gets confusing in your head is like, well, what's the voice of God and what's these influences saying I should do this or, you know, but it's really, he's, I don't think he'll ever come out and be like, this is the way of the path you need to take. You really, like you're saying that inward reflection, you need to sit and listen to those whispers that he'll have. Yeah. And there, there, there's, there's, I love the whisper too, because that plays off the story of Elijah. You know, Elijah's trying to prove God and, and the thunder, but that wasn't God, you know, mm-hmm. and, but, but it was in the still small voice that mm-hmm. God was finally heard. Um, I think there's also in the inward journey, there's a sense of grace you have to give yourself. Yeah. And, and, and um, that grace is that sometimes in silence, you know, you get, frustrated because your head's being, you know, words in your head and you're thinking and you're like, no, I have to be in silence. I have to block all this stuff out. Sometimes I think God is wanting to use whatever's Mm -hmm. keeps creeping in to say, no, 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 no. Don't avoid it. Lean into it. Yeah. That there could be something there that you really need to be focusing on. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a new practice that I've started. I don't do it every day like I should, but um, when I take the dog out, in the, mm-hmm. in the early morning and, and then not his last walk of the day. Cause that's just a quick go out to the bush and yeah. come back. In, but, but his next to last walk where we kind of wander through the square more in the evening. And I just simply call it time to abide, to abide with God, to just be in God's presence. And sometimes I, I'll, I'll try to, I try to practice, you know, just setting my mind free. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean like sometimes words or phrases will come to mind 
and she, and, you know, you kind of register them or I'll try to like take notice about the sights and the smells, the feeling of the air, you know, all the, be very present in whatever that moment is. And I call it abiding because, you know, in, in John, John's gospel, Jesus talks a lot about how we're supposed to abide in, in, in him and, and he abides in God. And I think for a lot of us in our faith, we, we can do a lot for Jesus. I'm stealing from Pete Scazzaro. We can do a lot for Jesus, but it's hard to simply be with him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it, so it's really learning how to just simply be with God. And there you begin to hone in on what the voice of God sounds like um, in your life. You know, they're, they're like, what does God want me to do? And sometimes you kind of have to go live into it a little bit, mm-hmm. but you sort of know, like the tuning fork and in, in your soul sort of goes off. Like, like I just sound, you know, cornball, but you know, there, there are random Sundays that, that I will be in worship and usually like during the first hymn and it's a big hymn and the choir and the people. And, and I've found every now and then, like not, you know, all the time, every now and then I've just, for whatever reason, will just surprise myself. Like I'll just, I'll feel choked up for a minute. Mm-hmm. And it's like this feeling that that in this space, in this room with these people, this is exactly yeah. where God wants me to be. Mm-hmm. I have those yeah. moments quite often. I think that's brought in. That's also how I was raised with a grateful heart. And I have those moments very frequently and in random scenarios, you know, like when I was out traveling for work a week or so ago, like I just stopped and was like, holy moly, how blessed am I to be in this place with these people doing this thing? Like, I, I really love those moments. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's something to the, the understanding and deciphering the voice of God, I think is, is born out of a sense of gratitude because mm-hmm. gratitude has this way of sort of opening your heart a little bit. You know, it's, 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 I, I used to, I've used this in sermons before you've heard that the analogy of a closed fist and an open hand, Yep. you know, in a closed fist, if you make your fist into a, I'm doing it on zoom. So if you're listening to this, do this uh, while I say, but you clench your fist really tight and what's going to happen after a while is your hand's going to get tired. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot in our daily lives that we hold like this so tightly and the, and we just get tired Yeah, to live an open-handed life, you know, is, is a, is a life of gratitude. And that's a lot more uh, peaceful, relaxed, you know, posture for your hand to be in. And I think mm-hmm. that if we could live a more open-handed life daily, you know, that that'll sort of lead us naturally into sort of hearing and understanding the voice of God in our life. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I love that. You also said um, in some of your notes, I'm looking at your notes (laughs) um, that you sent before on this topic. And I really want you to hit on this because it stood out to me is you measure your life wins differently. Yeah. How does that relate to listening and finding that voice of God? Yeah. I, I think, you know, one of the things that the inward journey will produce is it will eventually lead you to viewing your life by a unique set of priorities that, that fit you. You know, I like to call it, you know, creating a rule of life. That's a monastic tradition is something I want to do next year with a small group to lead you through writing a rule of life. But what that rule of life is a unique way of saying, what does the life of faith look like uniquely for me? Mm-hmm. And so I, I have a rule of life. And if I was a better, you know, uh, Christian, I'd have it memorized. It's actually written down on, on the wall in my office upstairs. I'm downstairs right now. 
but it, it touches on three big tenets. One is, is living faithfully to, to faithful to God and to my family. Um, and another tenant it touches on is, is loving generously, mm-hmm. you know, to, to try to be generous in, in all the ways of love that I show up for people. And then a third is, is, is to seek balance and peace in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you begin to measure your, your wins and your life wins differently. When you understand who you are uniquely as a person, then that will lead you to understanding wins differently. So then the wins aren't always, you know, the cookie cutter, what's in my bank account, how many degrees are on my wall, you know, all mm-hmm. these accomplishments, but your wins are, are, are a little bit different. I, I've used this example in a sermon before, um, David Brooks, New York Times writer, uh, d- did a column once where he he wrote about um, uh, I forget the the two names he did for him, but basically, you know, understanding your resume versus your your eulogy, mm-hmm. yeah. and very you know you do your resume and what all for LinkedIn and you list a conference, but none of that stuff or very little of that stuff is actually talked mm-hmm. about in your eulogy. That one day when you're not here anymore, someone's not going to talk about all your degrees and your bank account. They're going to talk about your love. Mm-hmm. You know, the ways you embodied grace and all those things. And so those are ways you measure wins in your life that's different than, you know, the, the rat race we find ourselves in. Yeah, it's what matters to you. It's not those outside influences. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. I, I, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I listed in the notes, I, I keep in mind the Benedictine monks have a mantra. They they say in Latin, ora a labora, which is um, uh, prayer and work. But, but really what the Benedictines are saying is that we live in a life rhythm in a way that, that you find this sort of balance in life, that, that prayer and work, work and prayer, you begin to, to not see the difference between the two so that the work you do is really an expression of your prayers. And then mm-hmm. the prayers you lift is the work you offer the world, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And that's, a, I think, a, a rhythm that, that we should all sort of strive for that. It, yeah, work is good and work hard. And you and I are both people who appreciate hard work. But, you know, for what? To, yeah. to what ends? What, what's your why behind mm-hmm. it? You know, Frederick Beatner says that, that your vocation is where your deep passion and the world's deep, me, deep need meets. Mm. That that's your calling in life. That's your vocation. And so that, that that's another way to sort of... Uh, hear in all of that, the voice of God speaking in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. And overall, the lesson today or in general with this topic isn't that this is how you figure out, this is how you hear the voice of God, and this is how you recognize which one's the voice of God versus these other voices in your head. But it is a lot of reflection and quietness and work internally with yourself to get you to that point where you can recognize the lessons that God is teaching you or wants you to know or direction to take versus what everyone else and the clutter and the voices in your head are saying you need to do. Yeah. It's self-awareness is big in that, you know, that there are things inside of you that that, that this part of this inward work I would add is, naming the junk in your life mm-hmm. and being okay with the fact that for some of that junk, you can't fix it. Yeah. But, you, but the goal is to be aware of it mm-hmm. and, and then to lean into the fact that you can't fix everything in you, but that's why God is there, mm-hmm. you know, is, is, is to love you through it. Um, yeah. And being aware of it, you know, you're just more conscious of your flaws and all those things. And it's just, it makes you a more humble uh, person. 
Mm -hmm. I like it. Any other words of wisdom today? I think we really, I really liked this type of format of episode and conversation. I want to come back to this. This is where I am spiritually. I want to come back to this at some point. I want to also want to maybe do this for the church, like in a hybrid event in person and, and we live stream it. Just talk about spirituality. Cause for me, yeah. this is more than programs and meetings. People come to church, whether they know how to voice it or not, they don't want programs and meetings. Mm-hmm. What they really want is they want their life to change. Yeah. And this is the lifelong work that we have before us. So I love it. A spirituality lesson, which a lot has to do with self-discovery anyway. It's not something that you can just tell them a black or white answer. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your input today. And thank you, Paloma, for sending us this question. If anyone else has any other ideas or topics for episodes that you'd like us to chat about, and again, we're just one point of view, but... Ben is trained by God. So, you know, he has some qualifications here to discuss it. Um, But thanks again so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and feel free to let us know your thoughts on social media. Leave us a five-star review on Apple iTunes and we look forward to bringing you more discussions. Thanks so much. See you next time.